Over the past few weeks, we've looked at what it means to be one and what it means to be united in the body of Christ. And we've looked at how in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13, it says, Faith, hope, and love abide, these three, and the greatest of these is love. And that if we are called to be united, we are called to be one. We want to be one in something that will stand firm that will abide through all things. And so we've looked at over the past couple of weeks what it means to be united in our faith in Jesus Christ of who God is, what God is doing in our midst, of, of where we place our hope and allowing the hope for the promises that God has placed on our lives to be our anchor even as we go throughout the storms of our life. And this week we look at what we hear is the greatest. There's a lot of debates, especially in sports or wherever, about who is the GOAT, the greatest of all time. And, and for different people, if you were talking about athletics, maybe it'd be basketball, the debate can go, is it LeBron James, is it Kobe Bryant, is it Michael Jordan, is it Bill Russell, and so on and so forth. In football, is it Tom Brady, is it Peyton Manning, is it whoever, in baseball, is it King Griffey Jr.? Is it Willie Mays? Is it Babe Ruth, Joe DiMaggio, Lou Gehrig? And on and on and on. And you hear these debates all of the time. And the reality is, is for each of us, they stand, who we decide to be the greatest, stands firm. Because for many of these debates, the term of greatest is an opinion. However, the scripture tells us that the greatest of these is love. The greatest thing that will remain is love. Not faith, not hope, but love. Love of God and love of neighbor. When Jesus Christ is asked, what is the greatest commandment? That is his answer. And what we hear about this is that this is not obviously the type of love that we Look at in our own world. Because for many of us, we hear terms like we fell out of love or I loved them. But love is the thing that remains. I read somewhere that the way in which we fathom love in our world is wrong. And the reason is is, that, is because love is not a because. It is an in spite of. I don't love someone or love in general because of this, that, and this. I love you even though you possess, even though we are human and possess flaws. I love you even though you do these things. Love is not a because. Love is not done to seek the, and to benefit self. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 12, we hear these words. It says, Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. I just want to pause right there because what verse 8 is telling us is that the very essence of who God is, while yes, God is merciful, God is just, God is giving, at the very essence, God is love. 
goes on and says, God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And what that's telling us is that the reason in which God sent Jesus Christ is to pay the price for our sins, to atone for the debt of our sins. No other reason but love. It says, Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. And so what we're hearing in all of this is that if we claim that Christ lives and dwells within us, then we are called to love. Not conditionally, because that is not love, but to love and seek the betterment of all people and this world. We are called to live out love because the God who dwells within us is love. And God shows us how to love because God loves you perfectly. God loves you powerfully and God loves you permanently. God's love is more perfect than we will ever know. God loves us more fiercely than we could ever imagine. We hear about this that even in the prodigal son where we hear this illustration of the son saying, I wish you were dead, give me my inheritance, that the father sits and waits longing for his son to return. That's the type of love that God has, that even when we turn our back, God still loves us and seeks after us because God's love is not circumstantial saying, well, if you do this or that or this or that for me, then I will love you. But God's love is permanent. God says, I love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. And what we hear about in this text is that God's love is a love that seeks us out. That even when we don't know that we are lost, God's love seeks to find. God's love is a love that sins. It says, go forth and continue to love. It sends us out. It trusts and it gives. It gives us the power, the strength, and the courage to go forth living as one in the body of Christ. And as we look at the idea of how do we love, we've looked at 1 Corinthians 13, 13, but we hear throughout 1 Corinthians 13 the, what, that is known as the love chapter. These words, it says, If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong, a clanging cymbal. It's saying if everything I do, I can say whatever I want to do, whatever I want to say, but it means nothing if it's not spoken in love. And if I have a prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. I can have all the gifts and graces in the world, but if I'm acting out of anything other than love, it means nothing. If I give away all my possessions and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. It's this idea of you can, we hear that the, part, the, the greatest example is that one would lay down their life for a friend, but if you're doing it to receive acknowledgement and not out of love, it is nothing. So how do you know what is love? Love is patient. Love is kind. 
Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant. And as we hear this, we can look at, we know that God is love, so we can say God is patient, God is kind, God is not envious or boastful or arrogant. But we also need to look at our lives and say, can we say this about ourselves? Because those areas in which we find ourselves not being patient and kind are those areas in which we are not loving. Those areas in which we are doing what we hear that are not doing what we hear that love is, or we are doing what we hear love is not, is areas in which we are not living out love. We are not showing God. So love is patient. Love is kind. It is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. This is one of those that probably, for a lot of us, myself included, this one hits home, that, that I want what I want. But this is that idea that love is a compromise. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. It doesn't matter what happens or what's going on. Love is not circumstantial. Love abides. No matter what's going on, love remains. And we hear in verse 8, love never ends, but as for the prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part, but when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. Everything else will come to an end, but love never ends. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. And when I became an adult, I put an end to my childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part. Then I will know fully, even as I have been known fully. And then it closes out with this reminder that if you want to know fully, if you want to know the end game, if you want to know what matters and what abides, if, if you're looking at it going, this doesn't all make sense to me, these are the three that remain. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest is love. My friends, we live in a world where we don't have to look very far to find hate over love, where we choose division over diversity, where we choose to put up walls instead of welcome one another in. And what we are reminded this day is that if we are to pursue after the calling of Jesus Christ, we are called to love one another because God first loved us. No one is worthy of God's love, but God loves because it's who God is. Let us go forth seeking to share God with this world and to share love with our neighbor and with God. Amen. And amen, let us go forth remembering that the best of all is that God is with us.